Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and each week I have a chance to go on 600 AM KGEZ. Talk to my buddy Anthony Knockreiner this week. We talk about the Seahawks' 40-34 to overtime win against the Tampa Bay Bucks. You probably heard me talking to him earlier on in the week as we did our recap show after the game. So we're going to be talking more about that. Previewing the upcoming matchup between the Seahawks and San Francisco 49ers on Monday night. And we get into our week 10 NFL picks. So that's coming up next. Be sure and subscribe to the show, sbnation.com slash NFL podcasts. And if you want to help support the show, you can go to glow.fm forward slash flock. And here it is, my weekly chat with Anthony Knockreiner. Welcome back to the Knockout Sports and joining me in studio to talk the NFL and the Seattle Seahawks and recap our trip out to Seattle is my good friend Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, it is uh, great to have you in studio once again. Again, thank you for taking me to Seattle. More importantly, have you had a chance to catch up on your sleep? Yeah, it's uh, it took a little bit. It took a little bit of time because it, it was a pretty late night driving back, but mm-hmm. uh, it was it made for a good trip and uh, it was it was a blast. Yeah, I, I hope you had a good time, even though you had to watch your Bucks lose in overtime. And I, I can feel that can be a tough way to lose a game. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. Like I said, considering the fact when you talk about it, like had this had this been like a t- two teams that were six and two yeah. going into this game, I think this would have been a lot harder. But the fact that Tampa Bay played as well as they did, uh, and they they lose the game, they're two and six in the in the in the in the uh, NFL right now. Uh, I'm I'm fine with it. I, I was hoping for a competitive game. I got it. We got to overtime, my first overtime game I've ever seen in person. Uh, I, I told you this afterwards. This probably ranks as my number one game that I've ever seen because I've I've seen Bucks games, you know, with the Metrodome, Soldier Field at Ray J, a uh, pro player. This that was easily the number one game of of my career of seeing games in person as a fan. I'm just glad the Seahawks won because I recommended that you wear the Jameis jersey and then Jameis played well. And so I was going to feel bad for for me (laughs) and my fellow Seahawks fans for making that recommendation, then having them have a good game. It would have felt like it was on me a little bit. Well, good thing was, and we told this to the Seahawks fans that were around us, you know, we had a beautiful day. So, you know, you guys kind of bring me along. It was the first sunny day in the Seahawks regular season in Seattle. So this uh, comes in November. Yeah. And it came in November. Go figure. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, but overall, like you said, a lot of fun to go to that game, see the Bucks play well. Obviously, something that we're going to talk about here uh, and, you know, getting a chance to see Russell Wilson up close and personal. I mean, listen, I know people are talking about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens did beat the Patriots and well, they're making a lot out of that. But how do you not look at Russell Wilson as the front runner right now for the MVP, considering what he's doing? No turnovers in that game. He did get sacked three times, five touchdown passes, and he he led the game-winning drive. You guys didn't settle for a field goal. You scored a touchdown. Yeah, and that was his fourth game-winning drive of the season. Uh, which matches his uh, career best within a season. Mm-hmm. So he's already, you know, just nine games into the season. He has seven more opportunities to drive for game-winning drives. And the way Pete Carroll likes to play, and the way the defense is playing so poorly, he's going to get plenty of opportunities. What's it like to have a franchise quarterback like this? What's it? What's it like, man? What's it like to have an MVP at quarterback? It's pretty amazing because you know we've had good quarterbacks in the past for the Seahawks with Matt Hasselbeck and Dave Craig and and even going back to Jim Zorn, where you knew you had your guy. I've also gone through the times where you had Tavares Jackson, you had you know Kelly Stoffer, and so many other terrible quarterbacks in the nineties where they were bouncing around with Kitna and Moon, just trying to find a guy to get by to the next guy. It feels good to have not just a solid quarterback, but probably the best in the NFL right now. 
Hard to hard to argue with that right now. I mean, the only person the only person I would say maybe better than him, and obviously not statistically, it would be more of a career thing. It would just be Tom Brady. But right sure. now, modern day, the last five years, it's tough to find a and, better quarterback. And people would take make the argument, you know, Patrick Holmes is the best One young season, quarterback. Let's see, let's see. Yeah, and and that, right, that's tough. But it's uh, he's he's in the conversation at least. Yeah. And I'm just happy knowing that I I have one of the best. Yeah, it's a, it must be a nice feeling because I'm it's still searching one. for I, this. I'm still searching for one as a Bucks fan. <laughs> Granted, Jameis did play well again. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to get with you on, and this is something that I know we talked about on our way back here, but obviously Seahawks fans, again, happy with the win, but a big concern is that defense because we did light you guys up. <laughs> I don't mean we, the Bucks do. Right, right. And it is a concern. But when you have Russell Wilson playing as lights out as he is, when you have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett combining for one of the best receiver tandems in all of Seahawks history, it, no two receivers have ever run up that many yards. I think they, oh no, you had to go back to the 1987 strike season when uh, Steve Largent caught like 200, he had a 261 yard game all by himself. And then one other no, no name dude had like a 40 yard catch. That was the best uh, game by a Seahawks receiving tandem. But, you know, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett bouncing out. And there were just so many really nice plays by Metcalf. Go to that overtime play on the drive where the Seahawks scored the touchdown in overtime. On third and six, Russell Wilson throws back shoulder to DK Metcalf. And for him to have the trust in a rookie in that moment, third and six, where, you know, they're, they're probably not going to go for it. We talked a little bit about it post-game on the Field Goals podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a big-time play right there for a rookie to make. The funny part was, is like, DK, we didn't really see much in the first half. But the second half, yeah. he really did come on. Uh, you know, and like I said, those receivers, you guys got good ones. Uh, those are definitely a one-two punch. I mean, uh, Metcalf is kind of your over-the-middle guy, your big target in the red zone. Tyler Lockett just can beat anybody on the field, and that's what he did because I saw a lot of those deep, what it seemed like deep drag routes, mm-hmm. and that's where he burned the bucks a lot. Yeah, and, you know, the those going over the middle type routes for DK Metcalf, those are, are that's something we didn't see in the first six, seven weeks of the season. So that's something new that they're adding on to them. And that's it's it's working out really well. Well, on top of that, you guys also acquired Josh Gordon. Now, there were reports that you guys are also looking into Antonio Brown. I think you're probably happier with acquiring Josh Gordon. That gives another interesting weapon. But do you think Gordon actually gives you guys anything of value on the field? You know, it's hard to argue that it's it's there's a downside to it because there really isn't a downside and when you have your number three and four receivers Jerron Brown David Moore who you know they're showing up for a catch or two a game and blocking in the run game I think Gordon has an opportunity to catch two or three passes and if if things work out great and if it doesn't then oh well you you're happy and content with the guys that you have the Seattle Seahawks get a win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now they turn their attention to a Monday night matchup against division rival foe and undefeated San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Jimmy G playing well. That defense is ferocious. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks having to play in uh, Levi Stadium in San Francisco for this Monday nighter here. The schedule doesn't get any easier for you guys, Brandon. No, in fact, it's a really good thing that they are 7-2 and two to this point because they are hitting a tough part of the schedule and a big reason why it's so tough is because they have to face the 49ers twice. And this first one starting on Monday night. Yeah. I was going to say, it's very interesting because you guys play them twice and then you guys play them at the end of the season as well. The yeah, division could be changed there. It, it could be, if things work out well, I think Seattle has to win this game for it to set up this way. 
but it could set up as like an NFC West championship game for that week 17 game. I was about to ask you, is this a must win for Seattle? If they want to win the division, it is because if they lose this one and then they're counting on San Fran to lose what four games down the, in their next seven weeks, that's, that's a pretty tough ask for, for a team that's eight. No, right now, I guess next eight weeks because the Seahawks have a bye. So you know, for them to go four and four over the next eight games, yes, their schedule does get tougher. But for a team that's eight and no and is so good at running the ball, they're number two in the league right now, putting up 170 yards on the ground every week. They're going to be a tough team to beat. Well, I was about to say, is that your biggest key this week defensively is stopping the run? Now, you guys did, I think, a pretty adequate job of stopping Tampa Bay's run with 99 yards. I think that's all they had. Yeah. Uh, Ronald Jones had key moments where he had some big runs that led to first downs. But is that the biggest key for you guys going forward? Or are you more worried about the secondary? You know, it's always a key for Pete Carroll to try and stop the run. It's what he's going to focus on. But I think the the main concern that you look at with the 49ers team is their pass rush. and slowing them down you know this Russell Wilson I'll put him up against any defense and he's probably going to need to score 30 points against the San Francisco defense something that no team has done yet the Cardinals came kind of close with Kyler Murray putting up 25 but they're going to need another big performance from Russell Wilson in this game because I don't think this defense can stop the run enough to to really limit the amount of points that San Francisco can put up well speaking of that do you think this offensive line can hold up against Nick Bosa in that defensive front that San Francisco is going to be pitting against Russell Wilson? I think it's possible based on what we've seen going up against the New Orleans defensive line, the Cleveland Browns defensive line, which is pretty good with a pass rush. It's it's definitely the biggest question. They, Dwayne Brown's going to need to play a heck of a game. Jermaine Fetty, who's actually played pretty well the last few games. He hasn't registered a penalty, I think, since... The Browns game or so it's wow. been at least three games, which for Jermaine Fetty, that's, that's something that I think we need to to bring up and, and uh, celebrate. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, let's talk about this as well. You bring up uh, San, we talk about San Francisco's front here. Do you feel like this is going to be a front you can run against? And now, again, uh, Car- Carson had a big run for 61 yards, had a pretty good day over 100 yards rushing, did have the fumbles. Um, I'm not too concerned about it. I think, again, I think, you know, just some bad luck, especially that second fumble he did lose. Uh, but with Chris Carson, do you guys feel like you can be able to run the football this week? Well, I think it's going to be really important. And their rush defense is actually right around middle of the league. They're number 14 in the league in rushing yards giving up. Uh, what's crazy is looking at their pass defense, 140 yards per game by the San Francisco 49ers pass defense. That's yeah, first in the they, league, but who have they played? That's, that's a question. I mean, they, they've played. Yeah. Well, they haven't played Russell Wilson yet. <laughs> I was about to say, I still think their best passing offense might've been Tampa Bay in week one. Yeah. And they did shut them down, but yeah. that was week one. So. Well, the Jameis Winston threw two pick sixes. So that, you yeah, know, that, well, that helps. Also the turnover differential by the 49ers there in the top 10 there too. So limiting turnovers, running the football, you know, all these Things that I, I feel like are a little bit cliche to talk about, mm-hmm. but that's what they need to do to to get by the 49ers. What does this what's this game score? Where where does it have to be? Does this have to be a shootout for for Seattle to, to beat San Francisco? Well, I think they can I, it could be there's the the potential exists for it to be a low scoring game because both teams run the football well, right? And so that could limit the amount of possessions. Once they get into the red zone, you know, both teams have the capability of being good red zone defenses. So if we're kicking field goals against one another instead of scoring touchdowns, that that could make a big difference, too. 
You guys just need to unleash your secret weapon, and that's yeah. Jacob Hollister. Jacob Hollister, our new <laughs> secret weapon. Now, the cat might be out of the bag, though. It might be. I don't know. We, we didn't have an answer for him, though, so he may still be that weapon. That's uh, true. <laughs> Brandon Schultz joining me here from the Seahawks and Field Goals podcast. We're going to make our NFL picks next year on the Knock On Sports. It is time to make our NFL picks for week number 10. You know, I get kind of sad at this point, Brandon, because now we're into the double digits, which means we've only got now single-digit weeks left of the NFL regular season. Yeah, if you include the playoff weeks, what are we about? We're we're about halfway, huh? Yeah, yeah, we are. I did see uh, signage for uh, the XFL games, <laughs> Seattle Dragons. That's right. We did see that. <laughs> Should have got some tickets while we're out there. Exactly. Um, let's just start with a Thursday night game. Uh, Chargers at Raiders. The Chargers playing a lot better. This is an interesting game Thursday night. A lot better. What have they had? What's their winning streak at now? One or two games? I think it's like two <laughs> games. I think they've won two in a row, but they beat the Packers. That's impressive. Yeah, that was kind of impressive, especially doing it on uh, the Packers away home field. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to take the Raiders here. The Chargers are going on the road. They're going to Oakland. And I, I like the, the type of ball the Raiders are playing right now. I don't disagree. This is a tough game for me to pick, but I'm going to ride with the hot hand. I'm going to go with the Chargers. They have burned me before. I'm hoping they don't burn me again. It's kind of a coin flip game. Yeah. Uh, Ravens at Bengals. This is not a coin flip game. No. This is uh, unless the the maybe you're rolling a die a, a dice that has like 99 sides because maybe once it comes up Bengals and uh, I'm going Ravens. I'm going to go Ravens here as well. Uh, Bills at Browns. I'm going to take the Browns to bounce back. They need just some random win here. And the Bills, I, I feel like, you know, they're 6-2 and two right now. Uh, they could lose a game. I'm, I'm going Cleveland. I was going to say, I'm going to take the Bills here. The Bills defensively have been playing pretty well. I, I think Cleveland just has too many issues. Um, right now, do you think uh, Freddie Kitchen survives? I, I don't know how the owners feel about him necessarily. If they really like him, I feel like they should give him another year or two just to, just to kind of see how he weathers through all this. Uh, looking at another game in an, in the NFC North, the Detroit Lions at the Chicago Bears. What do you think? Detroit has just been on the losing end of so many close games, but I, I'm going to pick them to win this one over the Bears. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take the Lions as well over the Bears. Don't trust Trubisky at all. Uh, Battle of New York. The Battle of the Stinkers. What do you got? <laughs> I'll take the Giants. I mean, uh, you can't really say that one team's the home team over another. I guess the Jets season ticket holders will be there, but uh, how many of those are really looking forward to this game? Maybe they'll stay home. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm going to take the Giants here. I mean, the Jets lost to the Dolphins. They did give the Dolphins a, a win last <laughs> yeah, week. So. I think I'm done picking the Jets. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs at Titans. A kind flip because we don't know who's starting. I think, well, even if Mahomes isn't back, I still like Matt Moore to beat the Titans. I'm taking the Chiefs. Uh, Cardinals at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Are you taking the Chiefs on that one? Oh, yeah, I am taking the Chiefs on that one. My bad. You, you've picked six straight road teams. Yeah, I know. I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> that didn't hot. work out so well last week. A lot of a lot of home teams won. Yeah, that's just true. But I mean, I, looking at some of these games, like, I, I just don't. There, there's a lot of bad teams at home this week. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm gonna take the Chiefs, Cardinals at Buccaneers. What do you got? I'm gonna take the home team box. I'm gonna agree with you. Tampa Bay is gonna <laughs> win this game. Bruce Arians is gonna beat his former team. Falcons at Saints. I will take the Saints on this. I really do hate taking the Saints, but I'm going to agree with you here. I would the Falcons show us something. Come beat the Saints, why don't you? Exactly. Dolphins at Colts. I'm going to take the Colts, but uh, their quarterback situation is kind of in question too, isn't it? It is. Ram Fitzpatrick played well last week. 
I, I'm very tempted to go with Dolphins because I did take the Dolphins to beat the Jets last week. <laughs> I'm very tempted here, but I think the Colts just have more talent. I think they get it done. I don't think the Dolphins have it in their plans uh, to win two games. I think they just wanted to win one so they don't go 0-16. The Colts defense will keep them in it. I'm going Colts. Rams at Steelers. All right. This is my upset pick. I'm going Pittsburgh at home, and it's kind of sentimental, too. I want to see the Rams lose. I, <laughs> what a shocker. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take the Rams to win here. I'm going to disagree with you on that one. Uh, I think the Rams beat the Steelers. Just too much firepower. Uh, Panthers at Packers. This was kind of a coin flip to me that after seeing what the Packers did to against the Chargers, they, I could see the Panthers defense putting up a game, but I, I, I can't pick against... Green Bay at home and Lambeau, so I'm picking Packers. I'm going to agree with you because they have been winning a lot of games, but they do finish their season a lot on the road. So I will take the Packers to win here, plus everything going around with Cam Newton, Kyle Allen, that whole thing. I know Cam Newton's on the IR, uh, but we'll see how this team responds with Kyle Allen being the for-sure starter and not having to deal with this issue. Uh, Sunday Night Football. This is a good Sunday Night Football game. Another good one. Vikings at Cowboys. Kirk Cousins under the lights. I'm going to go Cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) You say that, it's like, the foregone conclusion. <laughs> it is, isn't it? I was, like, I, was, wait, I was like, oh, wait, Kirk Cousins plays for the Vikings, Brandon. He doesn't play for the Cowboys. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take the uh, Cowboys again. Uh, Kirk, as you mentioned, Kirk Cousins. We just don't know which quarterback we're going to get. They did play well against the Chiefs last week, but I still think with Patrick Mahomes being out, they should have won that football game. And then, of course, Monday Night Football, Seahawks at 49ers. Who are you taking? Pete Carroll is 9-1 and one going into the Seahawks bye week. Taking the Seahawks. They're also really good in primetime. All right. All right. Now, listen, I know it sounds like I always pick the Seahawks here, uh, but I'm going to take the Seahawks. And here's the reason why. <laughs> okay. Seattle has played a very daunting schedule. They've played good football teams. Now, they've lost to the Saints and they've lost to the Ravens. And those are two really good football teams. Again, who has San Francisco played that truly impresses me that says that they're on the level? This is going to be San Francisco's best team that they have played so far. I like Seattle here because, again, offensively, they're going to do some nice things. I know Nick, I think, unfortunately, I think Nick Bosa registers like two or three sacks in this game. He's going to have a good game. George Kittle's going to have a good game. But I think that Seattle wins this football game simply because they've been in the situation. Right now, Russell Wilson's on fire, and I'll take a hot Russell Wilson over anybody. Just for that, Anthony, I I will be happy to come back to to the show next week. (laughs) Well, glad to hear it, Brandon. Glad to hear it. Brandon Schultz joining us here from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, if they want to catch the latest episode of the podcast, how can they do it? Yeah, we just had an episode of Three In, Three Out come out on the Field Goals podcast with Clinton Bonner and myself. You can subscribe to the show. Check that out. SBNation.com slash NFL podcast and subscribe to Seahawkers podcast at SeahawkersPodcast.com. 